Hi, I'm Andrew, and I am looking for balance. For as long as I've been alive, I've had someone in my life asking me, what are you looking for? It started out as my mom, and now it's my wife, Courtney. But this year, I've been looking for something they can't help me find. So I'm setting out to talk to my friends, new and old, about life, passion, purpose, and honestly, whatever else comes up. And to ask what I hope is the simple question, so I can stop looking. What are you looking for? Hello and welcome to What Are You Looking For with Mike Terry. Uh, Today on the podcast, we have a very good friend of mine, uh, my coffee dealer, Andrew Crawley. Andrew is a full-time teacher. He is a basketball coach and also owns his own coffee roastery business. And they recently just opened up a coffee shop. Andrew is, most importantly, he would say, a husband and father, and is continuing to learn that balance between working full-time and also building businesses he hopes help sustain his family. Um, Andrew is probably one of the most relational people I've ever met. He is always looking to build community, whether it's in the classroom with the students, providing a space um, where they can come be together, or uh, within his business and his coffee shop and his friendships. He is just always trying to provide spaces where people can come and be known and cared about and go back out into the world and know and care about others. Um, Andrew is going through changes in his life and weighing balances uh, between um, that work and life balance and uh, asking a lot of questions. And it was a really fun conversation for me. He uh, brought some thought-provoking things up. So I am really looking forward to um, sharing this podcast with you and hearing what you guys think. So without further ado, this is my great friend, Andrew Crawley. Andrew, thank you so much for coming on my show today. I, uh, it's good to see you, man. It's obviously been a while. Um, you stopped through Madison a couple of years back, and I got to see you for a bit then. Um, but uh, how things been? Good. Life's been busy. It's a, Yeah, it's a pleasure. You're one of those people that every time I get the chance to talk to you, hang out with you, it's always a good time. So, uh, But life's been good. Uh, we, uh, we're just busy over over here in Michigan right now. So we're in a very busy season of life. Yeah, I believe that. Um, well, kind of in the intro, I hint at it a little bit, but let me know if I get everything here. So you are a husband, father, full-time teacher, basketball coach. You own a coffee roastery and now recently opened a coffee bar. And did I get it? I, I, or are we... Is that that the hats we're wearing right now? Yeah, that's that's all of them. I think. I think. Oh uh, man, all those blend into each other and carry over to each other. But yeah, it makes for a full full life. That's for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait to kind of dive into some of those things. What drove you, um, you know, into teaching? I've got educators in my family. I think um, that's a super noble profession. That. Um, it's cool to be called to, and then, um, you know, talk about coaching and having that more uh, in-depth relationship with those students, and then 
also coffee. And I'm really looking forward to having that conversation about coffee. I have been, uh, you've been sending me coffee for a few years and I can attest you are doing a real good job with it. We have been uh, proud subscribers over here in uh, one state away across, across Lake Michigan in, in Wisconsin of Roots Coffee. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, you have been one of the most loyal subscribers, so I appreciate it. Oh, man. It's an uh, easy decision when uh, it just gets delivered to your door and it's good coffee. So this sounds like a, an ad for Roots right now, but uh, <laughs> it's, no money's changed hands here. <laughs> well, um, so I have known you. I was thinking about this today um, when, when, when we had settled on the time for this conversation. I met you in 2014, so almost 10 years ago now. Yeah, we're getting old. Uh, that's kind of wild wild to think about. Yes. That feels like just yesterday, but also forever ago. Like Yeah. A lot of life in between, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so when I met you, I think you were kind of finishing up college and you were on student staff with an organization called Young Life, which I was also um involved in and uh you know, I was interning at a camp in Michigan and, and you came and uh, worked under me for a month um, on a beach at, at a summer camp in Michigan and um, got to know you a little bit then and uh, just have really enjoyed watching your journey in the years since. Yeah, that was a fun time. Very different. Like, I think about that time fondly, just like, I don't know, in college, you just get to go to a Young Life camp and kind of have no stress besides driving a yeah. ski in a circle over and over. And right. Like, right. I don't know. You just get to hang out with people and build relationships that, and I think that's why every time I get together with anybody from that season, it's just like you pick up right where you left off. Cause there's yeah. not many places where you get to build such deep and intimate relationships. Similar. Listen to your last episode. Uh, I forgot her name, but mm-hmm. from skeleton, probably yeah, similar. Right. Like you got yeah. to, spend so much time with that person that every time you get to see them, it's just like just refreshing because we just don't go that deep with as many people in our day-to-day life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh, obviously rare to, um, and Veronica and my other skeleton teammates and, and then, um, like you and living at a summer camp, it's, uh, kind of rare, probably outside of college that, uh, you just go away and live together in a community with, with folks and um, are with them all the time. So uh, I think it leads to, you know, going through, you know, kind of like Veronica and I talked about like success and challenges. And I think those are really bonding things for people. And um, I think we experienced them that month that uh, you were working with me. And, um, you know, like I said, you, you are one of the folks I've really, uh, just enjoyed watching what you're doing from, from far over here and, um, just being a fan and obviously an enjoyer of the coffee that you're, you're making. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so let's maybe just kind of pick up there. Um, so 2014, uh, I meet you and you are on, um, young life student staff. So that's like not necessarily a full-time position for anybody listening. You're, you're in college. Um, and young life is kind of a non-church affiliated, but Christian mentorship and, um, outreach organization 
uh, getting uh, with um, students from middle school to high school to even college. Um, you were working in the Grand Rapids area at that time, right? Yes. Yeah, so I was, when I was on student staff, I was in kind of the inner city. We called it urban young life at the time. Now it's, I think, Grand Rapids city. Um, mm-hmm. So we were at kind of an underserved school, um, mm-hmm. which was eye opening for me. I came from, you know, middle-class suburb of Grand Rapids, yeah. but like to go into a school that was very different, uh, racially, socioeconomically, like everything different than what I grew up in, like the way they taught, the way they went through school. So mm-hmm. honestly, one of the reasons I'm gotten to teaching was because of my experience. Cause I started just going like part of young life is you try to get, become a vis- like an approved visitor at the school. You go in, hang out with kids at lunch before school, after school, whatever. Uh, so I started doing that. They found out that I was going to school uh, and they're like, Hey, you can be a tutor. Let's just, you can just come in whenever you want. And so wow. it quickly turned into like, I would come in, I would just like, they would send me to a class. If there's a kid that they knew, I knew they'd just send me to their classroom. They would. So I was just like bopping around classrooms. Um, there was a group of us that were really involved and we would just kind of go hang out at school. So probably like the least common college experience to like, Hey, what'd you do this afternoon? I went and hung out at a high school with a bunch of high, right. high school students, but it was a blast. Yeah. Um, that's what opened the door for teaching though, because at that school, that, that point in time that there was like a two week span where like they didn't have paper. So like imagine going oh, to high wow. school and just not having paper. Yeah. And like I watched a teacher who was like one of the best teachers with kids, but I watched an interaction where I was like, man, that is not who you are. And like the way yeah. that that person was talking to the kids. And I just had a conversation with her and she's like, I'm just so done. Like I've just yeah. been torn down and torn down and torn down. She was in like her fifth year and she ended up quitting teaching. And like that memory wow. for me was like, man, there is so many kids that need somebody. Yeah. Uh, but it's a hard job. Like it is. Yeah. Hard. And I remember at the time I was going to school for business because I always had a passion for business. But mm-hmm. the school I went to, at least the business majors were like the athletes that didn't really know what they wanted to do. So they're just kind of like taking the business classes. Yeah. So uh, I remember having that conversation with my parents and be like, I just I feel like I can do more in the world than go work the corporate ladder. And so then switch to education and kind of. It just went from there. Yeah, I feel like that's like um, who I really know you to be as a person too, is to just like, um, you're a very relational individual. And so um, it's really cool to learn that that story. I was, I was going to ask like, why did you get into teaching? How did you get into teaching? And um, yeah, that's such a, that's a really fascinating way to get in there. And it's, it's cool to hear Um how you, you kind of came to be involved in that. I, I've got educators in my family and in a lot of my friends here in the Madison area are teachers for various school districts. And the story's kind of the same over here where, um, you know, it's an unfortunately uh, very uh, under-supported um, career field, but uh, really undervalued 
too. I mean, when you think about how, how much time these kids are spending with teachers, like, um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's hard. You, like you can almost not even judge a teacher for, for losing the cool sometimes. Cause it's just like, uh, when there's, when there isn't that support and that, um, backbone from an administration or, um, yeah, just, uh, encourage you and keep you going and, and just providing resources. And, and obviously, um, different districts can be dealing with their own things too. Um, that can, can lead to the heart being hard to have those resources. But, um, what are, what are some of the things like, so, so you get into teaching, you, you switch majors, um, was that like at all, was that nerve wracking at all making that decision to switch majors or was it just kind of like after that experience, you were like, this is what I am supposed to do. I think both. Uh, so I'm the type of kid. So I, from like middle school, I had like this accordion binder. Remember those mm-hmm. that had like all my business plans. Like I'm this one, I'm do this one, I'm do like I was pitching in high school for my family oh, that's fascinating. to like, I grew up in Allen. There's a division two college where I grew up. So I was like pitching them, like, let's buy a rental property. Let's like start getting. So I had middle school. I was like already starting to like, I want to do this. This is how I'm going to leverage my money. This is how I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 40. Yeah. Like I was doing all those things. So my, my freshman year of college, I bought a house and rented it to friends. So I lived for free, right? Free all throughout college. It was an investment. They paid the mortgage. I obviously had expenses that came up, but like my month to month rent was nothing. So, uh, mm-hmm. like on one side, I saw teaching doesn't pay anything. Like people can argue they get paid, like you get paid plenty. It's like, well, if I'm a six year teacher and live under the poverty line because my wife is right. staying home, like that shouldn't be okay. But right. that's a conversation for another day. But like, yeah, I knew that going down the teaching path was going to be a sacrifice financially long-term. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if I went down the business route, I could probably make way more money. But is that what it's all about? Like, right. I think there's so much more to life than money. And how do you um, live out your values and faith and all of those things in what you're doing every day? You can do that in a business world. Like, Mm-hmm. I think more people mm-hmm. should be doing that in the business world. Yeah. But I think teaching, you have the opportunity to like, I don't know, you talked about schools. I went from that school to like a wealthy white suburb. So like the most polar opposite thing of what I was working in before. And sometimes I felt guilty, but it's like these kids have just as many issues. They're just different. Like right. the the type of stuff that, we deal with as teachers and like not every teacher deals with them. It's like, mm-hmm. but when you get the relationship with kids, I think that's where I knew I was in the right place. Once I started actually working with kids and getting to know them, it's like they need a caring adult in their life. That's not their parents, whether that's a coach, whether that's a teacher, whether that's a youth group leader, whatever it is, like kids right. need somebody else. And so right. if I can be that for one person a year, then the year was a success. Right. Right. And, and, you know, man, I have, nothing's going to make me feel older than, than what I'm about to say, but I I think you hit it on the the nail on the head. And and, and if they don't have that uh, person, whether, like you said, teacher, pastor, uh, uncle, aunt, whoever, 
uh, coach who they can look up to and go to, um, they're going to find it somewhere. And, and for, I think, um, you know, here's the part that's going to make me feel old. I think some kids are filling that void with, you know, folks on social media, you know, the comedians, the influencers, all of that, who, um, you know, I think, uh, they've, they've released some studies that, uh, you know, we, we spend time on social media and start to think that we actually have like personal relationships with these people that we're following or in more intimate relationships when it's completely one-sided and, um, you know, for a development, developing, uh, you know, kid's brain, I can just see that running into so many problems and, um, but man, it's encouraging to hear that you're in the classroom. Cause I think back to, um, some of the teachers that I had in school and, and some of them I'm fortunate enough to still be connected to and to see once in a while. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's a rare, uh, relationship impact that, um, you know, at the time when they're in school, maybe they don't completely recognize and appreciate Mr. Crawley, uh, like they're going to, but, um, you know, one day when we get older, we, we look back and we think about what that was like to just have somebody who was just always a smiling face and encourager or somebody you could chat with a little bit. Yeah. And that's, that's, what's cool now is, so I'm in year kind of six and a half. I started mid year cause I did my student teaching and got a job right away after my student teaching. So got here in the middle of the year and now I'm starting to see some of these kids like graduating college and coming back from their college oh, wow. experience and seeing them around the community and seeing them get jobs. And like, there's some kids like that they see you in public as a teacher and they're like, I'm going to avoid eye contact. I'm going to look down yeah. my phone. All of a sudden is super important. And then yeah. there's other kids that are like, they want to come up and give you a hug and you haven't seen them in wow. five years. And so yeah. that's the cool thing. Like um, I think this was before we started the podcast, but I mentioned, we had a student pass away at my school. He was one of my basketball yeah. players. Um, yeah. And there was five teachers at the memorial. So we did like a memorial at the football field mm-hmm. uh, just for yeah. students to come back. So all of them came back. And it was the most unique, cool moment where we were all standing together. And I kid you not, every single student that was there, probably 100, 150 kids, had one teacher of the five of us that they could come up and give a hug to. Like there is not wow. one kid that walked past and didn't say hi to anybody. And so like, wow. I didn't know all the kids, like the teachers right. next to me didn't know every kid, but we all, and that was just an encouraging thing to be like, yeah, I'm doing this with people that have similar values. And it's not, obviously not every teacher in my school have the same values as us, but like right. there's other right. ones walking alongside us that we can cover these kids. Um, like my philosophy as a teacher is everyone wants to be known and they want to be loved. And so right. I preach that to my kids all the time. Like, I don't care if you're best friends with the kid I put you in a group with, like they need to know you care about them, whether you even remember their name, like when you're walking down the hall and you see them, give them a little head nod, say, what's up? Like, don't let everyone just walk past each other. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's cool to like be able to witness that moment of just every kid was covered in love by a teacher. So, right. Right. Yeah, in the midst of like just an insane time. I mean, um, you know, it is weird. Look, um, I'm sure this has probably happened to you in in some regard, but 
you leave high school and uh, yeah, when your your classmates um, for whatever reason, accident or um, whatever the cause start passing away, that's a very weird thing that almost makes you really uh, kind of assess your life because um, it all of a sudden feels very grown up. Um, you know, and for, for those kids to be just out of high school and already having that happen and having a place they can come back to. And, um, you know, I, I, I think, I think again, like we were talking prior to the, the podcast or, or maybe, um, it was just when we started, but you know, when, when you have those ties to people, um, you know, like, like Veronica from my first episode and my other teammates where you have these ties where you've gone through ups and downs together and then, um, experienced some life together or, or like we did with uh, working at a summer camp uh, for an extended period of time and you're living amongst each other. Um, yeah, it really, really draws you really tight. And, and during, during that time, you might not really realize or take it for granted, but um, certainly after and, and in the time after, or, you know, it's unfortunate, but when bad things happen, we start to assess and see some of that stuff and, start to find the gratitude for those times in our life. And it's, it's great to hear that, uh, you know, in, in the midst of just an awful thing, those kids could come back somewhere and be taken care of. Um, you know, I, I think I want to just like commend you on it though. Cause like that is not part of like the teacher's job necessarily by any means, um, you know, uh, to, to care and, uh, to care beyond math class or social studies or history or English, whatever you're, you're teaching, um, you know, and so uh, I just hold educators in high regard whenever, um, you know, I hear them just taking more of an interest in their students' lives because I just appreciate the ones that did for me. And I think it's cool that you, you, you use the classroom not as a vehicle for teaching, but almost just mentoring and helping kids just feel some kind of goodness in the world, despite what their home life or life around them might be. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's the goal. It's the goal. I, I teach geometry most of the time right now. So half geometry, half business and well, Mm. my business classes, quote unquote, they're like digital media. So we make, I have kids making podcasts, kids making videos, Oh, cool! kids making the news. It's a fun, fun experience. Uh, but math class, I always say like, I am not here to teach you geometry. I don't really care about geometry and you don't care mm-hmm. about geometry. So there's some things we have to learn cause you need them for the rest of your life, but I'm here to help you be an adult. Like someday you are going to leave this place very soon and you're going to have to be a functioning part of society. And so if you right. can do that through geometry and through having conversations, then that's great. Right. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. If you get the class, like, help somebody who doesn't and learn the lesson of helping people when they don't get it. And when you don't get it, learn the lessons of struggling through some stuff. And, and then, yeah, like the rest of it's just a vehicle for learning about life. And yeah, I think it's really interesting kind of flashing back. You said in middle school is when you kind of started thinking about business ideas and and those concepts. Um, when I met you, I remember learning that you had a rental property and thinking that was so fascinating because that was so uh, off of my radar. Um, and you just were like so casual sharing like, yeah, no, I 
own the house me and my college buddies live in. And I just like did not understand how that could be. And so to now hear like you had been really almost prepping for that moment since middle school, like where did that come from? Is, is Do you come from a family of business minded entrepreneurs? Did you watch some movie as a kid <laughs> that birthed that idea? Like where, where does a middle school kid come up with having a binder of business? Yeah. So, uh, my family is actually probably the opposite. Like my parents are the most love them. My parents live across the street from me now. They're probably my best friends. Like, yeah, that's where, I mean, yeah, whole other conversation, but like they are the most risk averse. Mm. Like they're like a part of that generation that like, we're going to work our job yeah. for 40 years and we yeah. are going to pump money into our 401k and Roth IRA and we are going to retire and then we are going to do yep. nothing. And so yeah. um, that's just who they've always been. When I was yeah. middle school age, probably that was kind of the tail end of when everyone's favorite person, Dave Ramsey, they did like the whole Dave Ramsey thing. And I just remember gotcha. um, them doing that and me going, I never want to be in that position. Yeah. And, uh, like I want to be in control so that I'm not having to struggle through. And they did it and they like are better for it. And like, I will always speak highly of Dave Ramsey. And I think the philosophy he does is phenomenal, but like, I didn't want to be in that position. I didn't want to be so far in debt that I had to dig my way out of it. Right. Right. right, So I, I think I just always had an interest in like finance and money. And I don't know, there was a book. uh, I wish I knew the exact name, but it was like the principles of like how to be a millionaire by 40. That was the whole concept of the book. And so yeah. the book breaks it down into like, you need to have seven streams of income. So they say, if you yeah. have seven streams of income, like you will be a millionaire. So if you can just sustain seven, even if they're small, like if you can sustain seven, you will be wealthy. Um, and so that's where that all came from initially is like, okay, if I'm in high school, college, how do I have three streams of income? And how do I get mm-hmm. those streams of income? And that's kind of where it all started for me. Um, and obviously I'm not there. Well, I'm not there and I'm not, I don't know. Who knows? I still have right. a lot of years ahead of me, but uh, right. business is hard. I think that's the thing that I took for granted as like a middle schooler. Like, oh, I'll just mm-hmm. start five businesses. Like right, it's actually right, way harder right. than that. But uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's what kind of where it all started, though. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I think uh, I definitely understand what you're saying about generationally, that difference. Um, you know, and, and then I think um, watching our parents go through 08, 09, whatever your experience with what was with that, um, the Great Recession of, of sorts. Uh, yeah, that definitely makes you think about it. I. I I totally get what you're saying. Dave Ramsey's great program, everything like that. I think it's really cool that what you took from that was like, well, wait a minute. Maybe if I do things a little bit differently here, we don't ever have to be in our debt, debt up to our eyeballs kind of thing. Um, and needing the radical change, we could do things differently and, and maybe never need the, the full uh, reset kind of, kind of program. Um, interesting. That's so interesting. Cause my brain really on finances did not come around to that until gosh, probably six or seven years ago. 
given um, when it was like, oh, wait a minute. That's when, I mean, that's when I learned about Dave Ramsey, honestly. And that was when I was like, oh, I'm doing some things wrong if I want to get to the end of life and, and be all right here or um, not understanding that minimum payments don't necessarily pay things off, um, which, as you've said a couple of times, probably a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. <laughs> but um, that's so interesting that at that age you were you were witnessing that and um, being shaped by that. And I think uh, that makes sense for where you've kind of gone since. Yeah. So it's it's hard, though. Like that's I think that's what mm-hmm. I mean, you think about even. That's the one thing I get annoyed. Sometimes you listen. Have you ever listened to the Dave Ramsey show? Yeah. So like sometimes he's just like, yeah, just sell it and sell everything. Yeah. You know, like we have lives, like we have like stuff we have to do. Like we can't just like, ah, here we go. So, yeah. But it's been, it was interesting. I think I realized that people didn't have that background and I don't know where that comes from. If like they never, I don't know. Everyone has different family backgrounds, but the amount of friends I had that graduated college and just like went out and bought a new car and bought a house and bought, and it's just like, with what money? Like, I know you just got like a job that pays more than you've ever made, but like you just started it. So like, right. You just just started it. And now you're like, well, my whole paycheck's going to payments now. It's like, man, it's not where I wanted to be. So. Yeah. 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 That's fascinating. And so, um, do you still own that rental property just out of curiosity? Or do no, you still I, own that house or did you see? Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say regret it, uh, but I sold it. It was hard to gauge like, where's, where's the market going right now? Like for sure, us, like, sure. so I bought that house. Numbers don't matter. I guess I bought it for like a hundred thousand dollars. It was oh, wow. like, like when I bought it, the guy got appraised and it got appraised really low and no one, it was sitting on the market because uh, everyone thought something was wrong with it. And so yeah. um, we like did an inspection, did everything. He's like, no, literally I, he, he didn't pull permits for, he redid his basement. And so they ah. couldn't, it was like a unfinished basement. He finished it himself, didn't pull any permits. So when they appraised it, you couldn't uh, count the basement because it was unpermitted. So interesting. Don't know if that's a law, whatever, but like he could only count the upstairs. So then it was half the size. So, oh, wow. But then once we bought it, it like all got, we all got it all figured out for really cheap and bought the house for cheap. But then, so then the market goes crazy, right? And like, yeah, I don't know what that was, 2019, right before COVID, the market was just going up and up. And I thought, this has got to be the peak. Like, yeah. So I was renting it, but we had just started roots. So I was like, do I want to do rentals in roots right now? So my thought was I'll sell it, get roots more established, then maybe get a rental down the road. I've kind of since kind of leaned more towards like commercial real estate is the direction I want to go. Sure. But, uh, that house now is renting for like double what I was renting it for. And it's wow. valued. It's like, I sold it for, I bought it for a hundred, sold it for 200. Now it's valued at 400 and is renting for wow. over double. So it's just crazy. That is wild. Yeah, so that's some wild. I, part of the time I'm kicking myself. Like I could have, if I would have just been patient, but I don't yeah, know if I would have wanted to deal with a rental during COVID times and yeah. hindsight yeah. is 2020. Yeah. You know? 
how do you come about thinking I want to start roasting coffee? Like what is, what is that journey look like to getting to that point? Yeah. So it probably would have been right after we, well, now it probably would have been. So I interned the year after you interned at Timberwolf. Mm-hmm. And then, so right after that summer, so my dream, I don't know why I just, I think it's the real relational side of me. I always wanted to be a regular somewhere. I kind of envisioned yeah. it as like, I would be a regular at a bar somewhere in college, you know, like you go in, you know, all yep. the bartenders, yeah. they're going to get your yep. drink without even ordering. That was just like, yeah. I just thought that'd be the coolest yeah. thing. And like college is the time when you can do that. Right. So yeah, be able to say the usual and there's a usual yep. that, you know, yeah. yeah. I, get I just that. thought there's a coffee awesome. shop here that I think, yeah, there, there's one here that I'm like, it's kind of this old school diner. And I'm like, I need to just start going so that it's like a thing. I want to be an old man at 30, I guess. Yep. So yeah. that was kind of my dream when I got back from interning. Um, I, it was a friend of a friend opened a coffee shop called Roots Brew mm-hmm. Shop. And so I just started going there at the time. Like we, we laugh about it now. Cause it was like, I, there's days where I was the only person there for three hours, but like, I literally mm-hmm. never went to the counter. I would just literally go to my table, sit down, get out my laptop, start working. Risa was just bringing me my stuff. It like, it turned into really fun. Some of those, I mean, I, we just crashed one of the current baristas weddings with some of the original baristas that worked there when we opened. And so like, we're oh, still fun. friends. We still have those relationships. So it's fun. But I, became a regular there um it was it's called roots brew shop the initial intention was half coffee shop half brewery and so mm-hmm. at the time all my roommates we brewed beer all the time so like in college i had eight to ten beer taps in my basement at any given moment they oh wow home brewed beer on them which fun fact three of uh, two or three of those roommates now are brewing beer at like ones at founders if you know founders and Grand oh Rapids. wow yeah yeah. One's at uh, – he's in Atlanta. And then I'm trying to remember. Anyway, they're around like – they're like doing it for a living. Like this is their profession. Oh, wow. So like we were like <sighs> – yeah, probably pretty spoiled for like college kids. Um, but I had been – Hey, just different bit. choices. Different yeah. choices. Some folks walk the three blocks and go get the Natty Lights. And some guys are in their basement living the actual dream <laughs> – brewing yeah. beer and having their own bar so yeah, exactly cheers to that <laughs> yeah in a house you own so it's a win-win mm-hmm. so you guys were living real different <laughs> during your college yeah. days yeah <laughs> you guys were much classier <laughs> oh that's awesome yeah so we uh i they hired me to like the initial thought was how about we start you help us build out the brewery side of the business we're gonna they we're the intention was to do it really small like have three, four beers on tap, basically just sure. like, Hey, still coffee shop vibes. How do we keep it the same vibes? But then at night yep. there's some beer offerings without having to pay right. for a full liquor license. Cause a brew pub right. license is cheap in comparison. And so sure. we like started pricing out equipment. We, we thought we had kind of what we wanted. Um, and at like right around that time, like four, four breweries announced they were opening within like a four block radius of us. Oh boy. We were like, sorry, I'm at school. I don't know if you can hear that announcement, but (laughs) freshman basketball gets to leave early today. Um, Oh, nice. Congrats to the freshman basketball team. That's an exciting day. Yep. Good times. Um, So they, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. So they all announced, and we were like, I don't know if it's the right time 
to do mm-hmm. this. Like we're going to invest thousands of dollars into this brewing equipment. And then there's going to be four breweries right around. Like, I don't know. So we kind of right. like hesitated, like, do we do it right at that time? There was two partners, one walked away, just like walked away from the business again, another conversation for another day. But so I kind of stepped in to his role of like helping run the show. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, my business partner, Mallory, uh, we now kind of do all of our business ventures together. Like ownership's all different with the different businesses, but like we do everything together. I would consider her. Sure. Like, we make decisions together. We obviously have yeah. the trump card on different businesses, but like sure. at the end of the day, we do everything together. And so yeah. I helped her for a little, probably, that was what, 2017 probably you walked away. So I worked there as I was student teaching, as I was finishing college, all that stuff. And then, cause I student taught that fall of 2017, I think if my math's adding up. And so I think that was when I was working there. And then 2019, summer of 2019, I was like, at that point we went from being, you know, kind of busy. We're a bigger shop, like 70 ish seats. So like that's a mm. decent sized coffee shop. Mm-hmm, uh, have mm-hmm. you been there before? No, I haven't. Okay. So it was, it got to the point where we're busy, like seats, butts that were in seats pretty much all day, every mm-hmm. day. And I was just kind of looking at it. We don't have a full kitchen. It's just a coffee shop with bagels. So I was like, there's only so much money we can make in a coffee shop. Like there's a ceiling and we're pretty darn close to the ceiling. Like, sure. Um, so what else can we do? And I was kind of looking at the things we do. We were getting coffee from a guy. He was great, but he was kind of, I think at that point he was starting to transition. He was moving to California. And so I was like, I'm just going to start a coffee company. I had always wanted to start a business and I just never pulled the trigger. So uh, me and one of our other employees, uh, we uh, were roasting coffee on his front porch every Sunday. So I'd, we'd get up, we'd go to his, I'd go to his house. One of us, typically typically him, he was a big baker, but we'd have like a baked good and then we just roast coffee and then drink the coffee roasted before. So we started roasting coffee. Do you know those hot air popcorn poppers? Yeah. So we'd roast coffee in that, basically like one Chemex Seriously. worth of coffee in one of those. Really? And we were just buying like super unique, fun coffees and just experimenting with like, okay, if we do this, how does it change the flavor? And so we yeah. were just kind of playing around with coffees and learning like the science behind roasting coffee, which that you can, like beer has its own science. And I'm sure it's, you, but like coffee has, it's a whole nother world when you dive yeah. into like the science behind everything. It's crazy. Um, how I would consider myself like surface level in comparison to like some of these other roasters. They, <laughs> yeah, there's some very smart people in the world of coffee. So, Mm-hmm. Um, but we were doing that for a while. Yeah, and that's why it's so it's so interesting that like uh, obviously it was r- like just perfect timing. Um, those transitions kind of happening uh, within the shop and with your uh, previous purveyor of coffee. But um, yeah, just diving right into roasting coffee. Um, that's a it's bold, uh, but I respect it. And obviously. Um, as I've said like 20 times now, really enjoy the coffee you guys are making. So you've done it well. And, and I feel like I got some of the samples near the beginning of, of the company. And, uh, 
you know, always really enjoyed what you were coming up with and felt like uh, it wasn't just like your standard coffee shop coffee. Um, I thought there were some really fun, fun, unique flavors that you guys were coming up with and uh, just good variety for my morning coffee. So that's so interesting that um, you're using a popcorn popper and you're just getting after it and just learning on the fly. That's really cool. Yeah. So we transitioned uh, into a basically, essentially, the first roaster I had was a commercial, like hot air popcorn popper. It was a, it's a, yeah. it's called artisan. It could roast like pound and a half, two pounds at a time. And it was just a, like a circle with a huge heat vent. And it just had a fan that blew the hot air and the popcorn or the popcorn, the coffee just cycled. So it was just basically what we were doing scaled up to two pounds. And so, that's how we started. And initially I was like, I'm just going to sell the roots. Like we'll just start yeah. really small. Um, then COVID happened. And so we had to mm-hmm. shut down. Um, and we luckily got into a grocery store right as everything was shutting down. Um, so we, the only thing we could do is we could do like, you could buy coffee from us and we'd sit it like right outside our door, right inside the door. And there would be no one there. You could just walk in, pick it up. Cause we were still kind of in lockdown times, but we were allowed to do that. Right. We just couldn't have people consume in the space. So right. um, that honestly got us through like us being able to help each other, support each other, um, helped roots grow like roots coffee company then grew. Cause we got into grocery stores at like that weird mm-hmm. time. And then everything kind of froze. Like no one was accepting new vendors. So it was a weird time. The timing was like perfect and unique. But yeah, we made it through and it's crazy to think how far we've come. I I think I've asked this question to myself a lot is how do I value success? Like what is success? Like when Mm. you think about business, it's easy for me to be like, man, I'm breaking even. I'm like, like right now, like I'm paying off the loans of the first business. Like we've since scaled up to a very expensive coffee roaster. So like that I need to loan for. So like I'm making the payments on that. I'm making we have a warehouse space now we have like we're, we're growing. So all those things cost money. So like I'm paying everything, but it's not like I'm making, there's like, I think a lot of times these expectations, especially, I mean, I spend way too much time with high schoolers. They just think like, Oh, you own a business. You're rich. It's like, no, I'm not right. really like I am. The yeah. hope is long-term. It's a, it's a good source of income. But like right now right. it's like, I don't pay myself. So all that money is going back into making sure everything's debt free and everything is covered. Wow. Um, yeah. so, uh, now I just lost my train of thought. Maddie just, yeah, I think that's, and then I lost that it. is like, uh, that's like the, the, the side of business that you don't always think about. You think like, oh man, opening, I've definitely been somebody who's like, oh, it'd be cool to open a coffee shop. Like that would just be a lot of fun. And like I've been to coffee shops where I'm like, I would model it off like this one that I went to in Calgary. It was super cool. They had a wall of board games and it was like you could rent a table for pretty cheap for you and your friends and you didn't even have to drink coffee. You could just rent the table, play the games, whatever you want, you know, and um, thought like, man, something like that would probably be pretty cool in Madison. And, you know, uh, you really romanticize and fantasize about the idea and all of the good it would be and you forget about the fact that like man it takes loans it takes money and uh, if you don't have money you're going to need the loans and those loans got to get paid and and 
and I, I know you're not the first business owner I've heard say, you know, I'm not collecting pay right now until this is all paid off. But um, yeah, that's how do you keep working within it, um, you know, and working as much as you are towards it without collecting pay? Like, does is it ever hard where you're just like, ah, maybe this isn't no, worth it? Or but that, yeah. that was like this last weekend. Because like right now, opening the cafe. So we thankfully were able to open the cafe debt-free, which like, I don't know if I wow. would have done it without, which like, uh, like honestly, the business that we're sharing a space with, like I cannot thank them enough for like helping me get to this point. Like I would not be in the place we are without them. But I also was able to, with the other business, use some of those resources to like get all the way, like get it open without having to take out any loans and used, I mean, wow. my personal money to fund the initial startup money. So mm-hmm. like I'm working, like I'm a teacher, but I go in 4 a.m. every morning. So we're like, our thing is Texas style breakfast tacos. I go in and prep all the food in the morning and there from like four to seven, go from school to, or from Rudy's to school, school, the basketball practice, basketball practice, then typically roasting at night and sending out stuff. Um, so it's just like, I don't know what day it was last Sunday, maybe because now we're open Sundays for brunch, which is great. Uh, but it's just like, now I don't, there's zero days off. Like before it was like, at least Sundays, I'm just going to check out, but now we're open brunch. So I'm there Sundays and I just went home and I was like, I'm so done. Like, yeah. So it's hard like it is, but I'm like, I can see like in three years, like the major loans paid off, like our lease is done. I probably overpaid for a warehouse space. Like I'm already starting to try to figure out where do I need to go next? Cause I'm paying way too much for a warehouse space. But at the time, like that's all that was available. So sure. Um, sure. But like the overhead is like way too high. So yeah, it's tiring. Like it is, it is hard because so I run two businesses, help with Roots Brew Shop, but we have managers there. They pretty much run the show. So, um, and Mallory is the point person there. Like she does everything there, but I still try to support and go there. And um, I've been trying to, when I make deliveries, stay and hang out and get to know the baristas. Cause it was weird. There was a couple of times in a row when I went there and I didn't know anybody that was working, which was just like weird to me that yeah, I can be so involved in the business and just, not know the employees so especially as such a relational person like you are like you know you you want to know everybody yeah (laughs) so So, yeah 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 but so that's just i i think every day is hard right now like trying to so the other side is my wife maddie owns a clothing company an online clothing company which is um a lot of fun um but again, it's building another business. So we're essentially building three businesses right. at the same time together. Cause like she helps me, I help her. We try to like do things together, but just, yeah, it's tiring. And at some point they have to start making money. Otherwise it's like, what are we doing this for? Like, yeah, we can say yeah. we're trying to do good in our community and at, but like if we're not paying ourselves, like there's only so much good we can outpour without getting filled up a little bit too. So. Right, right. You can't just completely empty your own tank. I mean, it's the airline. You got to put your mask on before helping somebody else sometime too. And you guys have certainly been 
helping all of the rows around you get a, get a mask on. It seems like, cause I, I do know. And, um, part of the reason I was so excited to, um, subscribe to you guys is like monthly, uh, coffee was, was I just, I knew you being who you are. And then also just some of the stuff, uh, on, on your guys's website that roots was going to do some stuff beyond coffee. And even if it wasn't in my community, I just, I, I think it's, it's awesome to be able to, support companies and people who just want to give back and, and do good. And, and it, and it seems like you guys have, um, along with trying to run businesses financially healthy, have, have tried to turn it around and, um, you know, put that back into the community as well. Yeah. It's a hard balance, but that's, I mean, that's the whole reason Mallory initially started. I've learned so much from her, um, we come from very different backgrounds and like are very different people, but I think that's why we work so well together. But where Roots Brew Shop is, when when she opened that, that that community, people would I think anyone that knew Grand Rapids would be like, Why the heck are you opening in that neighborhood? Like, what are you doing? Hmm. Like there's nothing there. Um yeah. and her whole mission purpose was to invest in that community and like be a part of the West side of Grand Rapids. And now to see what it is now, I mean, there's so many reasons why it's that way, but like to be a part of it now and to have been there before it kind of boom. Yeah. Cool. Cool to be a part of that. story. Yeah. But. Yeah. Hmm. That is cool. That is cool. I think it, it, I think that is, um, it's very difficult to be the first in some scenarios like that. Um, but I think you get to see it through its full journey uh, when you're one of the first in a neighborhood or um, just a part of town that needs some investment. And um, obviously there can be con- complicated further uh, concepts with certain neighborhoods and communities and what happens to them in the long term. Um, you know, whether that be gentrification or whatever it may be, but um I think it it just it puts a little belief into people who call those neighborhoods home um, when they see that investment. Something I'd love to know more about. So, so uh, you know, I've seen your your stories on social media, um, whether it's like you said, that four to seven window um, where you were roasting coffee or late nights roasting coffee or um, having your son there with you roasting coffee, which has been a cool uh, thing to see as he's grown up to just be a helper around, around that operation as well. But um, you know, what, what fuels you at this point to, to keep doing it? Is, is it a passion for the business? Is it passion for the concept is it just the joy of creating and doing something? You know, what, what kind of drives you in that? Yeah, I think all of those a little bit. Um, I think coffee is such a cool, cool business to be in. I think I'm at that weird point where I can't hire the team I want to hire because I'm not quite big enough, but I'm probably mm. too big to be doing it as a one-man show. And so sure. it's like taking that jump to like, I should probably have more people helping me, but I don't like, I don't have the capacity to hire like full-time employees. 
So it's like that yeah. weird in between and no one really wants to work, you know, 15 hours a week for a coffee company. Like they, that's like, if somebody's going to yeah. work for me, they probably want to work full time. So um, right, right. right now I'm at that, like, I love it. And I think long-term it's going to be a lot of fun and coffee's like a super a hyper local business. Like there's coffee roasteries everywhere. So right. um, it's hard to like say, I'm going to like go nationwide because it's just probably not going to happen. Um, Mm -hmm. But if I can be a brand that's known well in this area, like I think that's going to be fun. That's one of the things I, it's just right now it's the time thing. I just don't have time in the day to like do everything I want to, but um, I don't really want to be like the quote unquote influencer. Um, Right. But how do you create things that add value, whether that's educational, whether that's just entertainment. Um, But there's like a fine line between, I also believe we spend too much time on our phones. So it's like mm-hmm. this hard, like I want to create these fun things and I have a desire to make and create, but I also hate being on my phone and watch how much high right. schoolers spend time on their phone. Right. So like, I don't right. want to be so tied to a device that, because once you start, it's like, you got to keep going. So, right. Right. Um, like TikTok has been a funny, to me, it's like an experiment, like if I'm consistent, I can grow things. And then if I stop, mm-hmm. it's like, well, I'm starting over now. And so, yeah, but it's just yeah. hard to be consistent on those things. People just, it's, a, I mean, it's going to, it already is probably a billion dollar business, like just social media and marketing and stuff. I'm sure the amount of money people are making is probably insane. So I think it's fun. And like, even what you're doing to me, this is awesome. Like just being able to have conversations and like you're creating something that like for me, I threw it on while I was driving. Then I was roasting coffee, had my headphones in and finished it there. And it's like, I don't have to spend any time on my phone, but I still got something out of a conversation. So Mm. I think podcasts are unique in that way. And I think it's kind of generational, but for me, like coffee is awesome. I love coffee, but I also love the cafe piece of building community. I think that's what I've been struggling with a little bit is because I'm still teaching I'm not able to be mm-hmm. in the shop every day. And so yeah. um, I'm trusting my employees, which I have great employees and they do a phenomenal mm-hmm. job. Um, mm-hmm. But like, there's still that piece where it's like, man, I just wish I could be there and yeah. help build that community. Cause right. I mean, it's everywhere. Probably I'm sure everybody who owns a local coffee shop can say the same thing, but like here, it's literally the kids I, we did, this sums up my community. We had basketball, a workout in the morning, preseason workout. All the girls left and went to Starbucks. They had to drive past my coffee shop to go get Starbucks. And they all chose Starbucks. And it's like, you ah. understand, like you could have spent that money at my business, probably got the exact same drink. And like that could have been like a very big day for me if you guys would have just all went there. That's 40 high schoolers. Like, yeah supporting a local shop would have been night and day difference for our day versus going to Starbucks. But like people don't see that. Like it's interesting to like see the people in my community, like, yeah, we support local. We're all about local. But then it's like, when it comes down to like where you're actually spending your dollars, maybe not so much. Like, so that's been like one of the harder things to like stay motivated by. Like you're, like we have, we're, we share a space with the restaurant, like the servers for the other restaurant, they come in with Starbucks every day. And I'm just like, Oh, 
come on. Like, yeah, you're going yeah. to a coffee shop. Like, what are you yeah. doing? Yeah. But it's a, yeah, I think it's for me, I have ADHD, so my brain goes everywhere, but to no, bring it full circle, when I, uh, think about what keeps me going, it's exactly what you said, like watching my son, like help package, like him sealing yeah. bags or him putting bags and boxes. Like he is learning skills and we are able to do something as a family that's also hopefully growing and will grow to be a bigger thing. Um, yeah. Like the, in an ideal world, you know, five years, who knows, I'll be able to quit teaching and just focus on business more and grow those, grow the businesses. Um, like I have a vision for Rudy's to have five locations around the West Michigan area. Wow. Um, and then keep roasting and expanding roasting. Um, yeah, it's, there's just so many coffee roasters. It's hard to know what's the right direction to grow in, but um, yeah, that's kind of the long-term vision is like, I think I would still want to be involved in schools in some way. And that's why I've kind of held on to coaching. Um, cause I love, mm. I love basketball. I love the girls. Um, I coach girls basketball, but like that is when you talk about like what is taking the most time and the least monetary income, like basketball, we get paid like probably if I were to calculate 50 cents an hour, like the amount of time you put in through a year year to then get like a $2,000 check. It's like, yeah, I'm doing this 40 hours a week for the entire year. I mean, not the entire Mm -hmm. year, but most of it. So that's where it's like, it's not about money. So I see that as being the thing that long-term could support me, could support our family. Uh, my mom just retired from her uh, job after 30, whatever years she was working. Right. Uh, and she's been helping me a little bit. Um, yeah. And I would love to be able to get to the point where like I could pay her more and support her. So yeah. she's comfortable in retirement and not stressed right. about money in retirement. Right. So yeah. like, those are all yeah. things yeah, that's something that we definitely awesome. relate to. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I think a pattern I'm, I'm seeing with everything you're saying, whether it's in the classroom or in your shop, you're just, you're trying to cu- cultivate space where people can come and, and find community, find find a place to to be together. And, and I think that's really cool. And, and I think, um, you know, if and when that transition from teaching happens, I just think, you know, knowing you, you're going to do that transition really well into making your shops into somewhere where, you know, uh, kids who don't drive past for Starbucks and, and come in can, can come into a local place with, um, you know, local, not to use the word, but roots and ties to your community that give back to your community, support local families. And, um, yeah, I think, I think that's a really good thing. Uh, you know, um, you being a small business owner and a lot of what you're saying made me think about like, um, you know, and, and we were chatting about our phone use and everything like that. Like, um, we just got rid of like our Amazon, uh, prime membership, uh, or account, whatever word you want to use recently. Cause it was just like, man, that ease and that habit of just like, Oh, we need, we think we need something right now. Like, hop on and we can have it here tomorrow kind of thing. And, and, and when you share that story about, you know, your, your girls basketball team heading to Starbucks, I, I think like so many of us are just like kind of a little bit of sleep at the wheel. And I think that's, what's kind of like 
that's part of what I want to get at in this, these conversations for this podcast is like, how do we like re-engage with life? You know, um, I think we all want to, but it's one of those things where like, I feel like if you were like, Hey, you know, my coffee shop's closer, they would all like kind of have that same collective pause of like, Oh, never thought about that. We just always have gone and gotten Starbucks, you know? And like, it's kind of like the same thing with, with like our Amazon it was like, we we're looking over our account and we're like, man, we are just like, we just hop on here, just order it. Like it's, it's cool. It'll be here tomorrow. Like it's great, you know, rather than going and like engaging with our local grocery store or our, you know, local businesses and people putting money back directly into our community. Um, I think there's a lot to that. And I think it's for that, for Amazon. It's like, if I can't even muster up the courage to go to the store to pick this up, like I probably don't need it that bad. Like mm. as far as like, obviously there's necessities you buy off Amazon all the time. Like I get that. But like if there's like yeah, some yeah, like yeah. game or toy for our right. kids, like if I'm like, if I can't even go to the store and buy it, I'm just going to click a button and hope like I'll probably forget about it by the time it actually gets here. Cause I'm just yeah. buying it on a whim. Like I probably don't need it. Like, yeah. So, that's been something I've been trying to reflect on is like, if I'm just going and hitting the buy now button, probably don't need to buy it unless it's like, yeah. Oh crap. Like we forgot this thing for dinner tomorrow. That's different, but like still, sure. Like, I think it's, we were, I mean, that's, that's impacted small businesses too, right? Like, I mean, you probably know I don't get sh- sh- like coffee out the next day. Like it doesn't happen. Right. That would be impossible yeah. for me. Like, so, yeah. I had, I've had a couple of people get, um, really angry at me for like not shipping coffee faster, but it's like, okay, your order came in at 11 PM on a yeah. Tuesday. I was just there all day. So yeah. then I didn't go in the next day and then I have to roast the coffee. Then you have to let it sit before you can package yeah. it. So then it's yeah. like, so yeah, it takes a couple of days. Like, I'm sorry, but like I'm sitting yeah. with coffee that was roasted two days ago not coffee that was sitting in a warehouse for six months. So that's why I had to like put that on the website. Like it could be up to this many days because yeah, it's just not going to be the next day. Like even if, yeah. even if you ordered it while I was standing there, I would still have to roast it, let it sit, package mm-hmm. it and send it like, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's, but Amazon has created that. Like I need it the next day. Yes. Yeah. And, and I would just say if any of those people listen, uh, you know, a great way to cure that is to just subscribe to Roots Coffee Companies monthly. And then before you're out of coffee and needing it the next day, you will, you will have that package on your doorstep and you'll be happy. Um, all jokes aside, you know, I, I think uh, Amazon is almost doing to business what like fast food restaurants have done to food where it's like, you know, you go to like a sit down restaurant and you're like mind blown when you're like, we've been here 20 minutes and we still don't have our food. And it's like, you should hope that that's what it is. Like, yeah, you should hope that's what it is. That like, Cause if you're getting whatever, it faster than that, it's like being microwaved. Like, yeah, it's, it's being microwaved or they've just got like an assembly line happening back there. And so there's no actual, you know, as woo woo as it sounds like love going into your, uh, food or product it's you know and 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 i think um not to get into like the demons of big business but it's just like 
again, it's just like drops in the bucket to them, you know, when, when you support those big businesses. And, and I know we just had our uh, shop local Saturday the other week here in, in our area, you know, and, and um, yeah, it's like a huge weekend for, for those businesses. And it's, it's just like rewiring your brain to think of those local places, you know, um, when uh, on, on all the other days, on all the other Saturdays, you know, and, and uh, you know, maybe striving to become a regular at, at a place like roots or, or whatever coffee shops in your neighborhood that's, you know, run by somebody that, you could know by name, you know, that's, isn't that a little bit cooler, like a little bit more special. I mean, it's so fun on the other end, like working at a shop and having regulars that you like, Hey, like the football coach at the high school, Mm -hmm. he comes in two times a week. I would say I see his car pull up. We can start his drinks. We have everything ready. So he can just come up, pay. We know what he, like, we already know what he's getting. Like he's getting the same thing every day. Sometimes it's a different pastry, but that's easy grab and go. Like his drinks are ready for him when he goes to check yeah. out. Like that, that's yeah. awesome. Like when you can when you can know people, know their routines, know what they like. Like I think that's fun, and you get to get to know them as that keeps yeah. going. Like it opens the door for more conversations, more intentional conversations about like what's going on in their life. And when like that's I think the beauty of Roots Rudy's is not there yet, but roots like there is its own community of people that like Mm -hmm. work from home that need connection and spend a lot of time there and yeah it's it's cool for me to be able to go back there like i was there last week when i was off school i was there for a couple hours and the regulars that are still there from three four years ago Mm. that like we can talk to and the breezes that we're working we're like what you know you know that? I was like, yeah, we've been friends for years. Like he's been coming yeah. here for years doing this exact same thing. And it's just yeah. like, when you have a big business where you just walk in, get your product, walk out, like it's just different. And right. we need more right. of that. I mean, that's our, our whole mantra at our business is we have community seating at the restaurant and a coffee shop intentionally. So there's no, like you get your own table. It's big eight top tables. If you're in a group yeah. of two, you're probably going to sit with, a group of six group four, like you're going to be sitting with people. So like, mm-hmm. that's just how it is. And it's yeah. like, we got a lot of pushback the first couple of weeks. It's finally starting to settle in. People I'll are bet. used to it, I'll bet. but like people yeah. no, this is our table. It's like, no, like there's still five seats open. Like we're going to put some people with you. And they're like, yeah, oh. it's, but it's just, that's what it should wow. be. Right. We should live in community yeah. in everything we do. And so, yeah, big business, small business. That's a, it's a big conversation. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, what you just said about like the football coach pulling up, like um, whether we slow down to acknowledge it or not, like, you know, that's like what you're striving for in the classroom too with your students is like, we all like, you know, whether we want to acknowledge it or not, we all want to be seen in some way in our day. And I think like the simple act of like, you know, just, and I worked at a coffee shop for a bit. And, and like the regulars we had, like, yeah, you just, you smile a little bigger when you see them coming in They you know, they're going to like give you a joke or, you know, like the first time, like you, you make their drink for them without them asking, like, they feel like they're like the king of the world. Like, it's like this, like, I, that's crazy. You remembered, you know? And like, we're so not used to like being known and seen 
in that way, I feel like, that, uh, you know, it really catches us off guard when it happens. And, and I think um, we should all strive to be a regular somewhere, I think, you know. I think that that's a really good thing. Um, and because then you also in turn get to know that cashier or that barista and you, you like get to know them by name, you get to the point where maybe you can ask them a, a question about how their family is or whatever. And, and we continue the cycle of like just a positive interaction in a day that, you know, there are some, some people out there that are going to push back about tables, but you know, by you putting a, a positive drop in the bucket, that person can be a little more resilient through that or, uh, whatever you know i think sometimes we forget like the people that are working at our restaurants they live in our communities so like right i think sometimes it's so easy to be like this is just the mcdonald's cashier it's like no that is like probably your neighbor's kid like yeah this is their first job this could be their first week like yeah no idea and like when you just rip them apart it's like it's just food like you're right. Like obviously on a restaurant side, you want to have top-notch customers. Like that's like number yeah. one. But like yeah. if you if it doesn't happen, like that's where when you have regulars, like I've experienced this before. Uh it just sticks out so vividly because uh it was a nuts day. So we do this thing called Waffle Saturdays where we do like unique waffles. And this one else still yeah. at Brew Shop. And I remember it was just crazy. Like line to the door, one of the craziest waffle Saturdays ever. And we messed up a few things, which is on us, you know, but like we had our regulars out there trying to like mend the situation and like talk, talking to the customers that were angry. I just remember like working behind the counter, trying to like catch up and just being like, that is so cool that like yeah. those people that we have built the relationship with are like, Hey, this is not normal. Like they'll, they'll fix it for you. Just give them a few minutes. Like, like here, there's open seat by me. You can come sit by me. It was like, it was just the coolest moment of like, this wow. is why we do what we do like right so yeah yeah and and i think i think our our standard of like that is so thrown off by like huge companies who are like you know um, obviously you're going to strive your best to mend and do whatever you can within reason but you know companies who are like okay we'll send another you know send you your coffee in 10 minutes after you know like after you place your order and, and just like realistically just like being able to rehumanize people in the chain of operation. Cause Lord knows, you know, most of us are going to go to our own job and make a mistake that day. And if it should be caught and we should be called out upon it, we're going to be like, man, can't I make mistakes? And we're going to completely forget about the 18 year old that, you know, we told put the wrong milk in our coffee or whatever, you know, and, and met with no understanding or (laughs) anything, you know, like we, we all want understanding when we mess up, but, um, don't always give that back. And that's probably a really tricky part of being a a business owner Um, and teacher, honestly, meetings with teachers and, and they, the kid was late on his assignment. We got to give him zero. We got to all be on the same page. Hey, it's late, you know, all those kind of conversations. And it's like, like we were all, our principal just sent an email that we all missed the deadline on something. Like, yeah. Do we all get fired? Like that's how the world works. Like have grace, have compassion. Like, right. Right. But I think it's everybody check to see like why, you know, it was the kid doing something for his family last night. Like some of these kids have crazy, uh, 
hats they've got to wear in addition to being just a regular kid. And, and even if they don't, like it's like they're a kid. This is part of learning life, you know. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be met with a goose egg, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, we are uh, getting into that hour range now. So um, I guess one thing I want to want to ask as we start to transition this um, into to more about you, um, where do you see yourself going? You know, I know you kind of dropped it a little bit that, um, you know, long-term vision is maybe a couple different Rudy's brew shops around Western Michigan, but you know, like is, is roots, the, the, um, coffee company here to stay. Like, do you have other ideas, uh, passions you're pursuing or just continuing to build into this and build into your family as well? Yeah, I, th- I think I think right now, yeah, Roots is here to stay. I don't think that's going to be the only thing. I think my kind of vision, big picture, is um, like hospitality group in general. So um, mm-hmm. how do we keep adding different pieces to that puzzle? Like, And that doesn't even have to be me owning every business. Like um, I was just sitting down with somebody who's becoming a good friend who uh, owns a brewery. And like, I don't want to own his brewery. I don't want to buy into his brewery, but like if we could create this network of yeah. people that own businesses that can work together and collaborate together and share resources and share knowledge and just do similar to what me and Mallory do, but like, how do you expand that and have a group of people that are all walking with a similar vision? Yeah, that's cool. And doing business differently, doing business with intention, not just to yeah. make as much money as possible. Cause I think sometimes, right business you can get lost in like man it'd be i could i could make this decision and make half as much but give back to the community or i can make this decision and just make quadruple the money you know it's like right it's easy to go well the money looks pretty good right now yeah yeah and i think after listening to you and um learning more about your mindset on business uh which we've never really gotten into before like um, it is really interesting to hear you could have, you could have made a lot of different decisions, um, to, you know, improve your own financial well being and all of that. And, um, you know, as a, as a former middle schooler who, uh, you know, was thinking about how to be a millionaire and what you didn't want to be and what you did want to be like, um, you know, what, what is success with this, you know, like, uh, between, your family and business, like what are you defining as success now? That's a very good question. I don't know if I have an answer. I think it'd probably change a lot. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I think success is balance for me. So, mm. and what is balance? You know, you go down that, like, I think right now I'm in a season where I am not present for my wife and my kids as much as I should be. Uh, Mm. And we had this conversation when we decided to open Rudy's, like we said, it's going to be a season where one of us is going to have to not be around and we're going to have to sacrifice that for trying to get this off the ground. And so Mm -hmm. I knew that going in, um, but I want to like, it's not sustainable. So for me, I want to have balance to be like, I want to be around for everything, whether that's, Mm -hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. kids sports whether that's just being able to read them a book before bedtime whether that's being able to sit at dinner together whether that's like 
like I believe in the Sabbath and like I haven't been practicing the Sabbath yeah. just because the season of life I'm in. But like I would love to be more intentional with like how do we spend a day together without doing stuff, without doing sports, going to this thing, going to that thing, just like be home together. So um, I think for me, it's balance. Like, and like if, if we ask like, what am I searching for? Like balance is what I'm searching for. How do I get that? But also have the peace of I'm not living paycheck to paycheck. I'm not um, worried about some major expense. Like I can have that piece. And that's probably to me, I feel like that's what everyone's looking for. Right. How do you, how are you safe enough? I don't need to be rich. I don't like, I think there was a season where I thought money was how I was going to be happy. I don't think it is. I think it's getting to a point where I can survive. I can give back. If I see someone in need, I can help them. But like, I just want balance in everything I do from yeah. getting enough sleep, from hanging out with my kids, from hanging out with friends. Yeah. I think that's in this season, friends has been the thing that's just been completely cut off. Like mm. I went, I, we went to Detroit lions game, uh, the future super bowl champs. And <laughs> um, that was the first time I hung out with friends in like months Yeah, because I was just like, I've just been go, 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 go since we opened. Um, yeah. And then when I'm not doing that, I'm hanging out with high schoolers. So yeah. like, I'm never hanging out with people my age. So I get to see them every once in a while, but it's just not, it's not the same when you're just like, they come into Rudy's. Yeah. See them really quick, but like, I'm still working. So yeah. Yeah. I think balance, balance is what I'm going for. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And, and, uh, you know, my wife, Courtney, she started a business here earlier this year and, and we had kind of had, um, maybe similar talks to what you guys have had. And, and it is kind of an interesting thing, like with starting a business, it's like, ultimately, like we wanted to honestly have less bosses in our lives, be our own bosses kind of deal. Um, I work, you know, a really cool schedule with the fire department. And, and so it was like, man, if she's gone, um, at a normal nine to five, like there are weeks where I'm not really going to see her, uh, all that much. And and so we kind of assessed life and we're like, you know, we're going to start this business thing and sure it's going to be a pay cut for a while. Like her leaving the 40 hour work week and the normal kind of uh, journey. But um, maybe in a few years, if this all goes to plan, it means that we have more time to be together. And uh, you know, if we add kids at that point, like we can, we can have more time as a family and, and I, I feel like I'm kind of catching that maybe that's what you're you're also kind of working towards at this point that, you know, this is not necessarily the season you want to spend the next, you know, five to 10 years of your life working and grinding in. But um, there is a hard earned value at the end of the road, um, which hopefully means more time with your kids and your family. Uh, at the end of this season with just really uh, grinding hard between, between the businesses and work. Is that kind of what you're going for as well? Yeah. Yeah. I think exactly. I think that, like when I think, I think earlier I talked about last weekend, like kind of having that breakdown moment of like, what am I doing this for? I think mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of what we came to is like, we got to figure out when's the cutoff. Like, yeah. At what point do we say, Hey, this was awesome. Like, yeah, like that's what 
I think I could walk away today and say, yeah, I was successful. Like I got my coffee into Meyer stores, which like, yeah, if you're not from the Midwest, that doesn't mean anything, but like, that's a pretty big grocery chain. And like, I'm in 36 of their stores. I'm in whole foods. I'm in, so like I'm in like seven different grocery chains and that's, that's pretty cool. Like, I think sometimes I take that for granted of like, there is people that walk into a store, do not know who I am and buy my mm -hmm. coffee. Some, some people probably buy it every week. And like, to me, that is nuts that like, there's yeah. people that don't know my story, don't know anything, just like started buying it one day and now buy it all the time. And so that's crazy me, I to can think about. Away. What was that? I said, that's crazy to think about. That's really, yeah. that's a really cool idea. But yeah, sorry, you were saying you could walk away. Yeah. I think I could walk away and, and feel satisfied that I gave my all to something. And like, when you look at the stats, it's like some like 80% of small businesses fail in the first five years. And then of that yeah. 80%, it's like 60% of that 80% just give up. Like they're just tired. It's not that they went bank. I think the, the perception is 80% go bankrupt, but it's like, now, a majority of those people are just like, I'm done. Like I, I'm it is a marathon. It's yeah. a marathon. It's probably more like an Ironman than it is even a marathon. Like it is a lot of different things that you have to master, um, a lot of different hats you have to wear to start a business and to do it successfully long term. Um, beyond just having a good, good product or concept, you have to be able to market, you have to be able to manage a business, you have to be all these things. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of sitting by and watching Courtney, uh, do all of those things in this first year business and learn all of the things. And, um, yeah, it is, it is a grind, uh, those first years. Yeah. And then yeah. the problem is just like change, get bigger. The numbers get bigger. Mm -hmm. Like, so I think, yeah, I think it'll be cool to see where it goes and what actually comes. I'm like, my brain's always going, I'm an idea guy. I think I could, yeah, like I can look at anything and figure out, Oh, we could do this, 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 but it's like actually putting that down into like practicality. It's a lot of work. So, uh, I have these dreams of what I want to do, but what is actually going to happen? Who knows? Who knows? Cause I think balance yeah. and family. Cause I think, I, I don't know if this was intentional, but like the way you listed them, you said husband, father, like those are the first two things that I am. And so mm -hmm. how do I make sure those are the first two things that I am mm. before yeah. going down the list? And so, um, in this season, it doesn't feel like I'm doing a great job, but like we've had the conversation we've communicated, but to do this for, like you said, five, six, seven, when's, when's, when is it like, yeah. Okay. I got it. When are we pulling the parachute? Do, yeah. Yeah. Cause like at the end of the day, yeah. like I can survive on teaching. Like it's not like, right. I right. would be homeless if I stopped doing these other, like I'm not even making any money. So like I, yeah. I'm surviving, um, I would honestly have way more time. I'd probably be bored if I just quit everything else right now. Sure. But sure. I think it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what the next, next five years. Cause like it hasn't even been, it's been four years, three and a half years. So it's crazy to think that it's only been three and a half years. Like yeah. where's it going to be in three and a half more years? Wow. Yeah, that is cool to think. You have got you have done a lot in three and a half years with this business, like you said, from getting into major, you know, nationally known grocery chains to regionally grocery known grocery chains. Like 
Um, those are impressive accomplishments for any business owner. Um, so congrats on that. And, um, yeah, that's all, that's all really cool. And I appreciate your honesty and how you're balancing that. And, uh, you know, I, I think you've hit it on the head too with like, um, you know, being, being married and a business owner is a challenge in and of itself and, and then adding kids. And I think it just sounds like you're doing a really great job. You two of, um, being partners in it and just communicating through it. Cause you know, that's what Courtney and I are learning is like, how do we uh, balance this all and have conversations and, and uh, you know, honestly separate your family from the business, even though the business feels like it's part of your family, like, um, you know, and, and like a, like another child for us of like, we're trying to grow and foster this thing into something healthy um, that can provide. But, uh, you know, also not losing your, your family or your marriage over a business, you know, it's a, it's a tough balance. And, but, but communication definitely is the, the um, heart of, I think, keeping that healthy. Yeah, probably the heart of keeping almost anything healthy, right? Communication. Yeah. Like yeah. from as a yeah. business owner, as a teacher, as a coach, as a parent, as a son, like communication skill where yeah. we all probably struggle with at times. So Yeah, definitely. Definitely. starting to wrap this up now is where we kind of transition into uh, some questions more for who you are and um, you know I appreciate all you've shared about as you know a teacher coach business owner I feel like uh, we're definitely going to need to do this again just because I really appreciated this conversation but um, just a couple questions to to try to get into your head a little bit and learn about what's making you tick Um, question number one what makes you happy? You know, obviously you're in kind of this strange, busy work season. What is something making you happy right now? Hmm. Uh, I think honestly, this is, I mean, you could probably predict this. I, when I can sit down and just have a conversation with somebody, whether they're an old friend or just some random, like today, I <laughs> got in a conversation with a group of students, um, and I honestly just like scrapped pretty much everything we were doing. And we talked for the entire hour and wow. it was just an hour long conversation with like six students. And I don't know if it makes a difference in what I said, but I feel like at the least it planted seeds for like, yeah, yeah not to get into all they were talking about, but like to me, that's, that's a win. Like if I can be at Rudy's, be at roots, be on my front porch and just sit there and have a cup of coffee, have a beer and just talk to somebody and get to know them. Like Mm -hmm. I think that's where my heart is. And that's where, that's what makes me happy. I think that's, what's made me happy for a long time. Yeah. More practically, probably just being outside. I think being a teacher and doing coffee stuff, I'm inside 
a lot. Mm -hmm. So being able to Mm -hmm. actually get outside, even if it's just going for a walk with the kids before, you know, bath time or whatever, just being able to get outside, breathe fresh air, soaking it up. Yeah. Yeah. Those are two great things. And, and I think, um, you know, we've, we've touched on a lot here from breaking up with technology and phones and also balancing the good that comes out of them and wanting to engage in creative pursuits through social media, through, through media in general. Um, you know, the, I love that, uh, you know, a lot of what you've, you've said and talked about just comes back to either building community or just having conversations with people, getting to know them. And, and I, and I think, um, you know, you you are, uh, still very young and, and you're just like making an impact on, on people, uh, through those conversations and through just being somebody that is engaging, you know, um, beyond just, uh, transaction kind of conversation, you know, which, which is something we're kind of growing way too accustomed to, uh, you know, in this generation. Yeah. Which is kind of our philosophy on business. Mm. Mallory kind of came up with it and that's kind of what we've leaned on for a long time is making the transaction relational. How do you make every transaction relational in everything you do? That's a, that is a great line. That is a really great motto to live by and, and especially to do business business by that's props to Mallory for coming up with that. That that's awesome. Um, Question number two, I've got for you a little bit of a turn from what makes you happy. What is something that makes you feel vulnerable? I think it's the kind of conversation about success. Like, yeah. I think, uh, as a business and as a person, just as a person, like, I feel like you want to portray yourself as successful. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't feel successful, but like, mm-hmm. there's people who would say, what are you talking about? Like you are, you're crushing it. Like look at all these things you're doing. And so for me, I think that makes me feel like, I don't know, like I'm not, I think business, like really anything, but like we're all just people making decisions. Like right. somebody asked me, how'd you get into Meyer? I was like, well, I just asked. And then it led to a conversation and then we had another conversation. And then all of a sudden I was pitching to their, grocery team it's like but like i think the success piece is like i i didn't do anything that was groundbreaking i didn't like right i don't know i think there's this perception of like you have to be doing all these crazy things but like everyone is just like even like people in power like they just work jobs and work their way up and to me it's like that i don't know that just pushes a button that makes me feel like i should be doing more i don't know so success, just the conversation around success, I feel like makes me feel vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, um, you know, and it's, it's tricky cause, uh, when, when it's things like that, uh, and, and thanks for all you just shared. I, I appreciate that. Um, it can be kind of subjective and it, it can almost be like a very day to day, week to week, like, you know, especially with like, you know, all of the news feeds we have you know, it can just take like one advertisement about like, you know, the, the credit card or checking account or uh, business or product or thing that we need in order to make our life feel 
more full or complete. And um, yeah, I feel like that barometer of like, what is success? Like in, in, and even at its most healthy, like that can be something that's constantly shifting and being redefined from month to month and year to year. And um, yeah, I I think that's tricky for anybody who's, uh, you know, putting, putting themselves out there and, and trying to do something. Yeah. Cause like you're putting yourself out like for me, it's my local community. They all see. So it's like, you gotta portray your, yeah. I don't know. And maybe that's just my own self-confidence, but you have to portray yourself as like, yeah, I'm doing great. This is awesome. Thanks for supporting. Yeah. When in reality, yeah. it's like actually yesterday, like we only did, you know, 15 transactions. Like we barely broke even for the day. Like, right. But like, you're not going to say that. Like, right. Yesterday was terrible. Let's try again tomorrow, guys. So it's like yeah. it makes you feel like that that pressure, that vulnerability of like, man, you don't want to let down your employees. You don't want to let down your community. You don't want to let down. And then like Roots, we're on social media. I do a terrible job of being consistent on social media. <laughs> but like social yeah. media, we, I mean, we ship coffee all over the country regularly. So like, yeah, like that audience gets bigger. And so the yeah. pressure of and that's that's probably why i'm not consistent on social media is because i feel the pressure of is this gonna is this post gonna be good enough i'm always you know like personally i don't care what i post on like i'm just like whatever mm-hmm. but like business wise mm-hmm. i feel like it has to be so neat and clean which probably isn't true i think people would probably engage the same if it was just a picture of my face versus some manicured picture but yeah i don't know it's hard yeah yeah i think um you know, a lot of what you've just touched on, I think people will be able to relate, even if they're not business owners on their own experience, like with their own life, whether they have a family or not, you know, like, um, yeah, we, we all want to have it all together and, um, you know, but, but for some of us, we're living one bill coming in away from, you know, that kind of being the thing that makes the house of cards fall a little bit or, um, you know, sweating, but, but then on, on social media or on the outside, we're really trying to portray something. And, and so I commend you for, you know, coming on here and telling our tens of listeners, uh, you know, that vulnerability, but, but I think, um, you know, if we're all honest, we can all kind of relate to that, whether it's the feeling of imposter syndrome or, or just, uh, that feeling of like, man, some days, like we really crush it. And then other days we miss. And it's like, it's really hard not to look at the misses and be like, Oh my gosh, is this it? Like, or is this what it's going to be now? Like, will this place never be full again? I'm sure it's something that you can sometimes feel from time to time or, you know, or, I mean, I'm sure COVID brought a whole new range of emotions and probably as a newer, uh, you know, coffee business owner, maybe that's a really good time to start a business. Cause if you get through it, you probably have a pretty thick skin coming out of that one. Um, yeah, for having for to sure. adapt. Well, we've come to the final question and it's the big one. Andrew, what are you looking for in life? Yeah, I think I am looking for balance. How do we find balance in what we spend our time in? So like if I looked at my, I try to do this exercise every, every couple months. So if I, if I look at my calendar and I, took every minute of my day and what I'm doing and like I rated those that would be how I value my life 
So if I look at my calendar and I spend 12 hours a day at Rudy's, I spend 40 hours a week, not a day, a week at school. I spend 30 hours a week at basketball, but I only spend five hours a week with my kids. How am I valuing that? How am I like, is that balance? Is that the balance I want? If my, the first four things I listed were all work and it probably takes up 80 hours a week. Yeah. That time I'm spending with my family is only a much smaller number to me. That's you weigh those out and it's like, man, what am I doing? So how do I find balance in work-life balance and friendship, family balance mm-hmm. and kind of all those different things. It's so easy to lean one way when you're focused on one thing. How do you find balance and know that like at the end of the day, even a business, like if you're like for me, if I'm making enough to pay the bills and yes, maybe I am not growing as fast as I want to, is it worth the extra 10 hours a week away from my family Mm. to keep growing or can I grow a little bit slower and maybe not take those 10 hours a week away from my family? So those are the things that I think about of that's what I'm searching for. How do I, how do I find a little more balance in life? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I think, I think balance is something that a lot of us can all uh, agree with. You know, we can overextend ourselves and, um, and even if we're not overextended, just balancing all the different things we love to do or spend time on or, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, Andrew, I appreciate you so much for taking the time to come on today and share and tell us about roots and, and just business and life. And, um, you know, I, I think, uh, after while, while you're talking for this last question, telling me about balance, I was just thinking, man, I hope in a year we can, we can come back and, and do this again and, and, uh, you know, check back in and, and see where things are at, how things are going. And, um, just know that I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate the heck out of your coffee and I'm looking forward to my next package. And, uh, you asked earlier if we'd ever been to the coffee shop. Um, we are kind of planning a road trip for the summer and, and I would love to get back to the Grand Rapids area cause I love that city, uh, when I spent time there and, and uh, just know that if we make it back that way this year, we we will definitely be stopping in. Yeah, come on. Let me know. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on and I'm excited for this for you. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch kind of your journey and hear kind of some of the stories of other people and what everyone's searching for. Cause I think it's 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 interesting to hear other stories. And maybe I'm just a weirdo for wanting to hear that, but I think a lot of people are gonna like value hearing what other people are searching for, what other people are, what's their life experience. I think it kind of opens, opens the door a little bit behind like the social media of a person when you have a hour, hour and a half conversation with them. So I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for, for joining, being a part of it, for uh, subjecting yourself to my questions and, and joining the conversation. I really appreciate you, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, you got it. I want to thank my great friend, Andrew Crawley, for coming on the show, being the second guest um, and bearing with me. Thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. And thank you to all who tuned in to the first episode with Veronica Day. Um, I was blown away, not that I'm watching the numbers, but just to see how many people actually tuned in and listened to that episode. That was wild. So thank you for that. That's uh, crazy to me. Um, Thanks for joining the tens of listeners and listening to this one. 
you can find out more about Andrew and Root's Coffee Company and Rudy's Coffee Bar in the description below. We've got links to check them out. And I just encourage you, whether it is with Roots or with your own local coffee shop, go and be a regular and subscribe if they've got uh, ways that they can send you coffee every month. It's a great way to um, help support local businesses, local communities, and also get great coffee out of that organization. So that's my plug. That's it. Thanks a lot. What Are You Looking For with Mike Terry is written and produced by me, Mike Terry. One man band here. Our theme song is by Paper Twins and it's called Standing on Your Own. We'll be back in two weeks with another podcast. See you then.